to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my friend Lana Stenner. You can find her on Instagram at Lana Stenner. Lana is known for being a beautiful voice for faith, family, and farm within Instagram. And she has her own podcast. You might recognize her voice once I introduce her. Her podcast is called The Grace-Filled Grit Podcast. And very soon, she has a new book, Sweeping the Stands Near Y'all This Fall. It's called The Grace-Filled Homestead, Lessons Learned on Faith, Family, and the Farm. Today, she's going to be gracing us with her presence as we talk about creating and preserving traditions in our homes and of course useful skills that we can learn within our homes that will meet the needs of those entrusted in our care. Lana, welcome. Oh, what an honor and what a sweet introduction. (laughs) That's so sweet. I'm so proud of you for doing these things and elevating the voice. It's been a journey for sure. (laughs) It really is. Would you like to tell us about yourself, maybe where you're at in your journey within home and life? Sure. Yes, absolutely. We are in a wonderful, fun transition stage that if I, if you would have asked me years ago how I would feel about this stage, I wouldn't think that I would like it. But good news for those younger mamas out there, it, it's a fun stage when your kiddos grow up and become amazing adults that you just think are wonderful and your friends finally and they have good values and so we're just in a wonderful stage of life and i mean i know you were asking about the homestead but just family life i mean that is the homestead right Mm -hmm. family life is good right now so we moved here to the gracefield homestead about 20 years ago I'm a mama of four and you know i'm on the back side of things so my youngest daughter i have three boys and a girl youngest daughter is in college now and so three of the boys have moved out she went away to school last year and she's finishing her program we got really lucky that she can do it at a hospital up here so she's back living with us so i'm enjoying our you know fun shopping days and tea parties and all the stuff that we used to do long ago. So, so yeah, we live on a small farmstead here. It's just four acres. We have lots of farm babies. You know, I try not to have favorites, but the goats are my favorite probably. (laughs) They're so cute. (laughs) So lots of fun. And life is good at this stage. It's just, it's neat to see your kiddos grow and have strong faith and beliefs and be bold and kind people and it's it's nice to have a little bit of my time back mm-hmm. <laughs> not to be selfish but so yeah it's it's a good stage right now that's amazing i bet it's so fruitful to see the 
well, really, the fruits of your labor develop within your children as they're getting older. There's a lot of women in the homemaking community right now that are young. When I look yes. at the numbers and everything, there's it's a lot of women that are just either in the very beginning stage or right in the thick of it. So that, including myself, that gives me some hope that soon I will see the fruit of my labor. Yes. And you know, the beauty of that too is you know, oh, the days of all four little stinkers running around. And, you know, we just, we had a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. And it is nice to, to see the fruit of that and, and have a little bit of extra time to really home in on some of the fun stuff around the property uh, that you really want to do for yourself too, not just for the kids and the family. So that's exciting. uh, Do you have any encouragement for the ladies who are dreading the stage that you're in right now? My, my oldest is 14 and I'm like, my life is over. Like, and I have a younger one who's nine, but I already feel myself kind of getting not anxious, but like dreading that. And I was right there with you too. I mean, I, when we took my daughter to college, I thought, I thought I was going to vomit yeah. on the way home because I was just like, I'm leaving my baby princess, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're so fun and we do things together and who am I going to hang out with now? Right. She's my little buddy. And I will say I am lucky because all of my kiddos are right here. My son bought the farm across the street. My other son bought one five miles away. Oh, cool. They're all into the kind of the same thing that we are, you know, so they're all close. Mm -hmm. So we still all those family dinners, you know, we're still having those at least once a week. And they're all firemen, all the boys are firemen. Wow. Figure out the schedules of, you know, one, two of them are on this shift one day and another one's on, on the next day. And so it is a challenge. But you know, it is so worth it to just make those dates and it's a lot of back and forth you know texting okay so what about saturday afternoon if sunday does you know so we're we're doing that whole thing a lot just making it happen and there's occasions where we don't do it or someone's missing because they're on shift or they have something going but it's really just the intention And it's a good, it's a good stage where you can just sit there and talk about life with your kids. And like this past weekend, we borrowed my daughter-in-law's canning, you know, the big pot for that. And she had a book that I didn't have. And, you know, life is just good. My husband, they're traveling back and forth with trailers, getting mulch back and forth. And, you know, it's just those silly little things that seem so dumb to most people, but those are the interactions that I think are just pure joy. So home and homemaking hasn't stopped for you just because children are out of the home. It really hasn't. It really hasn't. Just looks different. That is exciting to imagine what life would be like. More time to do and develop your own skills, but then you still are mom and the door's always open at your home. I love that. Who influenced your role as a homemaker? And then I'd really also love to know about the homestead since you moved there 20 years ago. And obviously it's really important to your family culture because your boys are doing the same thing. How did that develop? Yeah, well, so influencing, I would just say, you know, my mom probably and my grandma, I mean, 
we I grew up in a, a standard neighborhood. My my grandma and my great grandma, they were pioneers, you know, coming across in the covered wagons and all that. But by the time I came along, I mean, we were in a neighborhood, a standard neighborhood, but my mom still kept some of that alive. We had, you know, I just, some of my best memories were out in the strawberry patch with my mom and, you know, making pineapple upside down cake with her and just, you know, the simple little thing. So I would say I enjoyed that that piece, you know, at the time, did I really enjoy it? I don't know, but you know, looking back on it, I just treasure those memories. And my mother, here's what I will say. The things that when you're a a child that you don't appreciate, or even as you're a young adult, I remember when I graduated from graduate school with a business degree, my mother gave me a sewing machine for graduation. And I was like, what? I mean, most people would get like a, you know, I'm older. So back in the day, it was a briefcase or, you know, something businessy, but yeah. she gave me a sewing machine. But that was just, you know, I remember making my first dress with my mother and, and then I made a little teddy bear with her. And so I would say my mom, my grandma probably were the most influential in my life. And then asking about, you know, how the homestead came about, we we were in the neighborhood just doing the typical jobs and, you know, I was in the finance world and we were just hustling hard and kind of burned out a little bit. When we were dating, we had talked a lot about, you know, just wanting the kind of the outdoors life and we had talked about a little farm at some point, but, you know, that just seemed so odd and weird for that time and we got in the hustle of jobs. and. It was when my first son was born that I was like, okay, it's time. It's time for us to start making an exit strategy, you know, out of the workforce so I can, you know, I just, I, I want to raise my child mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to be with him and not be in this hustle of, you know, dropping him at my mom's house or my sister's house to babysit or whatever while I go crank out a 10 hour day when you talk about drive time, that's just not what I wanted. And I I think that's fine for for people. And if they figure it out and it works for their family or um, I'm all for that. But for my personality, I just, I couldn't find joy in that. I just, so yeah, we just started, it took us a while. I mean, we had to take little steps. I started going part-time for a little bit and then did a job share. You know, I kind of took tiny baby steps along the way for the long-term goal. And then, you know, we found this little farmstead because my husband's fireman, we have to stay in city limits. So, you know, right out the corner here is the city limit. So we're, we're pretty much on the line, but it's just a small place. And, you know, we've been here 20 years. We started building, you know, our first things were the a few gardens and then we got chickens. And, you know, we, I always say that, Chickens are the gateway drug to all the other <laughs> <laughs> barnyard animals. And so we've just, we've kind of taken our time and just added things here and there. And, you know, it, when you have a lot of kids, you just, they come right along with you and start the projects with you, as you probably know. And you don't get as much done. You can't be as productive as you want to from back in the hustle days mm-hmm. before you had kids, but it's so worth it. Just, you know, slowing down a little bit and you go to bed tired every night and wiped out, but you're like, my heart is full. I know that I am in God's plan. I know what I'm doing with the kids is, you know, life-changing. And so it seems like such a simple life, but to me, there's nothing more important. 
I love how you're talking about creating an exit strategy, Mm -hmm. planning for the future, and then taking baby steps. Because a lot of times, especially now with social media being so prevalent in our world and, and it's so accessible at our hands, it's easy to assume, oh, she's always had this. Like she just, she bought this homestead and it looked like this and she just fit right in. Like it's a great reminder to know that it starts somewhere and maybe it's just like the conversation you and your husband were having when y'all were just dating, like that mm-hmm. stirring of that and sowing of the seed and that it over time we make these dreams come a reality. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. What do you think the correlation between homemaking and homesteading is? I have had so many women say, well, can I be a homemaker if I don't have chickens? Like these funny little comments. And and I, and I it's we laugh about it. I have yeah. one girl say, I don't know. I can never be a homemaker because I'm terrified of chickens. Like oh, it was no. so funny <laughs> and so cute. But there are so many correlations with oh, homesteading. Yes. And that doesn't necessarily mean farm animals right what do you think that correlation is and why does it seem so hand in hand yeah and I think it's the mindset I think it's just the I mean if I had to put one word towards it I would say just intentional Mm -hmm. everything you do is intentional you lay out your your goals for your family and every every step every minute of every day has to do with what you know so if you're if you have goals to instill faith and simple living and kind of you know whatever it may be that you is kind of your family goal you have to take intentional steps to get there and i think with the homemaking and the homesteading and i even say that to others i mean we have a very small tiny homestead here really compared to most people you know mm-hmm. that are on instagram and and the other what i call the comparison apps that it's really you honestly can have this exact same lifestyle in an apartment downtown i mean if you're stuck downtown or if you're you know fresh out of school and you move to a new city you don't have family or friends or anyone with you you can start this with, you know, you can have a container garden for salsa out back and be intentional with your time in the morning and take a walk and do your Bible reading. And, you know, it's all, it's all the same thing to me. It's really, you don't have to have land to have a homestead, really. It's, it's the mindset of the simplicity knowing what you're wanting out of life and making sure what you're doing every day fits into that. Mm-hmm. And the acquisition of new skills. Yes. I think a lot of times we look back at that, like the past generations, and we always are like, oh, it was such a simple time back then and slow and beautiful. But when you really think about it, that stuff is hard work. Like farming oh. is no joke. Uh, they couldn't just run to the store and buy whatever provision they needed. Like they were having to either grow it or barter or there was really nothing simple. I don't think back in those times, but when we look at it, we think, oh, it was slow and simple. But I think really what we're seeing is they had less distraction. So they had more time for productivity, 
whether it was in the home or on their land or whatever it may be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It is looking back and every, you know, we try to pick up new skills or a new thing. And, you know, a couple of years ago it was kombucha and, you know, every once in a while, and it's usually spurred kind of by my daughter. She likes to do some of these things too, but it is a lot more work. I mean, when you think about, and again, I'm, you know, ultra focused on the food side of things. I love the kitchen and anything that has to do with that type of thing. And when you think about it, just, you know, again, last week we made pesto out of our garden. You know, we have basil out there. Oh my goodness. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And you know, you can go to the store and you can just buy it in a jar and you're, but there's a satisfaction. And then just walking out to the garden with a family member, picking a bunch of it, you know, just going through the toasting, the, the nuts and the whole process. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in the hustle mentality and you're busy and you just got off a long day at work and you were in traffic for an hour and you come home and you're agitated, well, of course you're not going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of setting up the whole day for that because it is, you are so right. It is a, a lot more work, but the quality of life that you have, not just in like the quality of the product or the taste or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or like if you're sewing something or whatever you're doing, but it's the, it's the adventure of doing it. It is the process of doing it and slowing down and taking the time. And during those things, that's when the true interaction happens with your family, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I, I think we've been missing out on it. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. Well, culture kind of just took this like left-hand turn as things started getting easier and quicker and life just started moving quicker and quicker and quicker that we kind of lost that. And we, now we look back and like, how did that even happen? Like, how did we all of a sudden go, I mean, maybe not all of a sudden, but over time, just from my grandmother's generation to now, hardly people are eating around the table. People are go, go, go. They're packing their schedules. They're doing all these things. They've lost all sense of home and hard work and intention, like you were saying. And it's so sad, but I think that that's why there's such an up movement of people wanting to be homemakers or have homestead or move to the property and redevelop these skills that are lost. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing and what so many women are doing and sharing that is so incredibly powerful because you're kind of being like a Titus to woman mm-hmm. and teaching women alongside them to kind of get back in the kitchen create Mm -hmm. the time and the space mentally and emotionally to do those things and develop new skills and create a margin where they can spend time living life with the people within their homes. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, you know, that misconception that you have to have some, you know, beautiful big house in a big property or you can do, you can do this lifestyle from an apartment. Mm -hmm. It is a mindset and it is scheduling out your day and scheduling out your priorities and making the steps from there on how you want to spend your time and how you want to live your life. A handful of episodes ago, I was talking about how, and it was kind of like that Joanna Gaines era where all of a sudden I was like, that is exactly the life that I've been craving, like the slow and simple lifestyle. But we were living in a duplex with mm-hmm. office carpet at the time. Like it was nasty, horrible. Mm-hmm. 
And so I thought, well, if she's making ice cream on the front porch with her children, surely I can do the same thing in our nasty little duplex. And so I started creating the life that I wanted to live and love within that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because we just started going to farms. Like we didn't Mm -hmm. have a farm. I didn't even have a space for a garden. And we had a shared backyard with the other three little homes within the duplexes. So we started going to the UPIC farms and we started, Mm -hmm. I started baking more and living the dream life that I thought like, if I had this property, I would be hanging my clothes on the line so I hung them on the chain link fence <laughs> like, that is awesome. but it's you create the life you want to live where you're at and you begin in that moment you do we were just telling someone in messages they want to have bees and they're in a neighborhood and the houses are super close and their neighbors are kind of angsty about it like you don't have to have a farm you can actually go chat with a farmer and put your hives on his property and he might pay you because it helps fertilize his plants and you know mm-hmm. they pollinate them and it's a win-win or he might say yeah put them on here and just give me a jar of honey at the end of the season i mean you can take those steps and have the lifestyle and you might have to get creative like that but you know you can take and it's baby steps too i mean like i said we we've been at this thing for 20 years and i still have you know, things around here that I want to learn. And as you know, the learning never stops. No, <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. We live in a little tiny old home on a tiny, tiny lot. And I wanted that homestead life. So we have four garden beds. We have chickens that are built into a hillside, which is oh, not fine. not really the greatest idea to build a chicken rung on a hill because the water, everything rushes yeah. out. It's not tidy at all, and they're messy. But we're learning. My little girl, I'm glad you mentioned you can use other people's properties to do these things. My daughter just announced that she really wants to do pig 4-H next year. Oh, we live in town. We cannot have, there's no pigs in town, but our friends live right outside of town on five acres. And so they said she can do pig on their property. It. So we're going to have to go over there. It's not going to be easy. We're going to have to drive over there twice a day, do the pig thing. But it's not, I'm, I'm choosing to not let that stop. Yes, that's us. so smart. And what you were talking about in past generations that's what they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have gotten into this, you know, even in a neighbor, even when we were in our neighborhood, we knew, you know, a few people right around us, but the world is so different from back in past generations and they would share and maybe you have a milk cow and we do the corn crops or whatever. And they would just kind of trade back and forth and, you know, something very, very fascinating to me. I loved it. It brought me so much joy just hearing the story. I'm not even involved in it, but my son and daughter-in-law live about five miles from us and they have a small farm and their neighbors have cows and they are doing a milking co-op. They're just starting this. So they were telling me about it. So my son and daughter-in-law don't have to have the cow, but they're kind of buying in. And so it's like a couple of families 
and they kind of share the milking process and who gets the milk. And I was like, that's just genius. Mm -hmm. And it really is, I think, how people operated back in the day. And what a concept that, you know, you know your neighbors and you're working with them. And, and then when bad things happen, they're there for each other. You know, that's what it's all about. The cultivation of community and like we were talking about back in the day, things seem to have been simple and slow and it really was probably much slower because you have more time with less distraction. But with that, and I think why homemaking and homesteading go hand in hand so beautifully is that cultivation of relationships Mm -hmm. and then helping one another out through bartering or educating or whatever it may be. One of the things that I also think is incredibly present within both worlds is the value of traditions Mm -hmm. and whether it's creating new traditions within our homes or preserving traditions from the past I know Mm -hmm. you're pretty um keen on the idea of valuing tradition yes definitely yeah yeah I think that is just instilling that in your kids And it doesn't take a lot of energy to have a tradition. I mean, we have a tradition of every fall. We head up uh, about two cities north of us, little towns, and we do a pumpkin patch day. And across the street is a little apple orchard. And so we get apple fritters and apple hot apple cider. And then we go to the pumpkin patch and we have favorite animals over there. And it's this thing that we've been doing literally before we even moved to this property. So, I mean, probably 25 years, I don't know, forever, you know, before I even had some of the kiddos. And so it's just a little thing. It takes a couple hours. You come home, but it's, it's one of those that you talk about it all the time and, Oh, it's, my daughter, it's pumpkin spice season, you know, <laughs> when are we going to be going up to the farm? And it's just those little things. And it can be as simple as, you know, pulling out a certain tray at Thanksgiving that, you know, your grandma gave you or whatever. It's, I'm all about, if you have something that was passed down, definitely use it. Because I was guilty when we first got married that I would keep this certain soup terrain or a piece of china that was given to me, you know, kind of in a back safe cupboard because, you know, I had all these honry little kids. But it's all about using the things that were given to you, cherishing them, setting them out. We have a super old antique bench and it's pretty ornate for our type of lifestyle. <laughs> it's just sitting right in the middle of our family room, you know, muddy boots are put on it every day, not on, yeah. but, you know, put <laughs> down to put them on. And it's just using using the things that we have been given and talking about you know like grandma stenner passed that down to us let's talk about her for a minute or you know we're not always perfect life happens and you know sometimes the stories get missed or we don't talk about it but as much as you can as much as you think about it pull those items out you know if you have a soup tureen that your grandma gave you have soup in it or put a flower pot in it or something, you know, just make sure that it's out and seen and everybody, you know, knows what it is. Mm -hmm. I kind of think that traditions are what the home is built upon. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit ago about how y'all came to the homestead and it was with something within your guys's heart you and your husband that wanted that you had that stirring in your heart and you made a plan and you got there you intentionally built that into your future 
by making those decisions and taking those steps to build where you are today within your home. Mm-hmm. But without traditions, it's hard to continue that through the generations and leave a legacy behind. So communicating and talking about, like you're saying, or using the goods from the past, those all contribute to the making of a home that's going to last generations. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite traditions aside from the pumpkin patch, which we're in, yeah. that, we're just actually today. My friend just texted me and said that pumpkin spice is out right now, which we <laughs> yeah. don't live anywhere How many near. Texts have gone out this week about <laughs> no. pumpkin spice. Right? It's here <laughs> this week. We live an hour from the city, so I don't know when I'll get that. But um, yeah. we are officially in the pumpkin spice um, yeah. season. But and when- it is neat when I, and whenever you hit a new season. It brings up these memories and a little bit of excitement. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have here in Kansas City, we have weather from, you know, over 100 to below zero. So we go the gamut. And it is it is something that we're always looking forward to the next season. By the end of summer, we're tired of being hot. We, yeah. We're ready for, you know, flannel shirts and, you know, s'mores and all the things. And so it, it does bring a little bit of excitement if you have a few of those traditions built in a lot of our traditions at our house are built around food i mean i mm-hmm. keep going back to the food but it's you know of course on the holidays you have your certain menus that you know you mima's chicken noodle soup on this one and you know one of my sons likes cheesecake for his birthday and so you have all those kind of food types of things and it's just building in you know what do you what do you do around the holidays what do you do on christmas eve what do you building those things in. And so it brings excitement and joy to the kids. And I think that it's more than that, it brings a stability Mm. to that. Life is weird. And, you know, whether you homeschool or online school or you're sending them out to the jungle, life is kind of hard for those kids and just balancing out all the, do you give them technology or do you don't? And then if you don't, are they mad at you? You know, it's all those things. and having some of those family traditions that have nothing to do with all that junk Mm -hmm. that are, you know, separate. Like if they're having problems with their friends or whatever, they know that this house is their safe place. And I'm looking forward to next weekend going to grandma's house for this, because we know we always do that for that one certain holiday or whatever. And so I think it is more of a stability and a grounding for the kiddos knowing they're in a chaotic world, whatever it is, how much ever we shelter them from it, because there's so many different stages and ways you can do that. But it's still hard. It's still hard to grow up in these days. I would say harder than it was back in my day and maybe yours too, but it does just bring a foundation to them that there's something more important than what's going out there. This is my grounding point. These are my people. These are my cheerleaders. They have my back and we have fun with it. And, you know, I will say some of the things we would do when the kiddos, maybe middle school, teen ages, kind of wanted to opt out on things. And it's funny because I went through a phase where I was kind of worried, like, oh, they're kind of pulling away or they they have their own life. And it's always been us, you know, Mm. that type of thing. And, And they come back. They come right back to it. It's um, good. You you let them have that kind of freedom or, okay, you can skip this time, whatever. And then it's the next year. Well, I want to, 
I, I want to go make sure I can go, you know, that type of thing. So it is, again, as I said, as you see them aging out of, of the childhood, it's nice to see that it, it's still instilled in them. That's beautiful. How would you encourage women to cultivate tradition within their home, whether it's sitting down and reflecting on, on moments that they, like lasting moments from mm-hmm. when they were younger that were really beautiful or creating new ones with a spouse, which came from a totally different, I mean, mm-hmm. my husband's life before me and my life before him were completely different. So mm-hmm. how, do we, how do you encourage women to create new traditions with their spouses mm-hmm. or, or and preserve traditions from the past? Yeah, I think I, it's it's work. I mean, it doesn't. It, none of this, as you know, it just comes natural. I mean, you, this is work. I mean, it's a lot of work, and you have to just plan it out and be intentional. And we, you know, every most people do this at the end of the year, kind of start thinking about, okay, what does the next year look like? What are some family goals that we want to do? What are we, you know, what are the vacation plans? What are the things that we want to instill in them this year? Is there a Bible study we're going to do? Those type of things. We kind of plan it out, but you need to really check in on that and, and be flexible and change it up. But I would say have a plan of the things that are important to you and make it happen because otherwise it just won't. I mean, we've, we've done that. We've always with, when you're talking about spouse, we've always had at least one date night a week for how many years have we been married? 33 years now. So a long, long time. And we've always had one date night and for over half of that time, it was in the house. I mean, our kiddos, you know, they would go to bed and we was like, okay, you know, do you want to, back in the day, we started renting movies. Uh-huh. I mean, way back before Netflix, um, you, you have to get creative when you have a bunch of kiddos and you don't have to go hit the town. Mm-hmm. And that's fun sometimes too, planning that out. Um, but I, I think just being intentional on making that time and making sure that all the relationships and and doing it with the individual kiddos too. I used to try to just because in a family of six with four kids, it's hard for everyone to get the attention they deserved. And we wouldn't really like call it a, a date day, but I would take one of them and go and we would go do something down in town and something special, not, you know, that we did every day here at, at home and kind of take them off the property by themselves one-on-one and i think you know that's a where they feel extra special if they're getting your one-on-one attention Mm -hmm. so i think that's a good idea to do and just really you know anything if you come like i said with kombucha we learned how to make that for the first time a couple years ago and it's just something we said what what do you want to learn what's what's the new thing we're going to do and you know you write it down and you have a plan and again it takes a lot of time to you know learn some of these new skills or or get a new animal on the homestead or you know figure out the chicken coop i've been in that place before too and it's hard but you know if you put it on your list and make it a priority and you know okay we're all going to do this and hey if one of your kids has a special skill that could help out that project you get to be the leader of that project. You can kind of boss us around and tell us how to do it. And so just putting them in a leadership role on doing some of that, it's really nice. I love how you're saying that reflection and action basically is what 
makes a house a home really Mm -hmm. and then same with the homestead as well like thinking about what you want and then putting a plan to action I think Mm -hmm. really you're saying like even within the new year but kind of it's an opportunity with the new seasons as well like we're coming into fall we could sit down and take a moment and think like what would I really like to do what do I want to learn? Maybe what's a new tradition that I saw online or that my grandmother did? Maybe even asking if we're blessed still with our grandmothers. Yes. Like maybe sitting down and just saying, what was something y'all did in the fall or Christmas mm-hmm. time that we can reestablish within our family culture? That's just a great idea. So powerful. And I think that the intentionality behind that is what makes a home. Absolutely. And I I do think back, you know, in the business world, we were so, everything was goal oriented and, you know, it was hustle mentality and driven, driven, driven by numbers and goals. And I do think, and, and I was guilty of this, when you chuck all that whole system and you go to, you know, try to build a, whether how small it is or not, you build a small farm in your head, you're thinking, okay, I left all that behind. This is going to be the simple life. We don't have rules. We don't have to answer to anybody. But really, some of those systems back in the business world of just organizing and being intentional is a good method to bring in. You don't want to bring the hustle. You don't want to bring all the the junk with it. Mm -hmm. But just the idea of and, and seasonal, I love that idea. Just come, here's our list. What do you, you know, maybe you have a little family meeting. What do you want to do this fall? What do you want to do before Thanksgiving? You know, and, and ask the kids if everybody got to pick one thing that would be fun, you know, what would it do? What would it be? I love that idea, but, but being intentional and making a plan and, and not just thinking, oh, we're in the simple life. We just fly by the seat of our pants every day. You have to be organized, you know? It's funny because I used to abandon order Mm -hmm. as much as I could. I grew up in a very strict setting because time was of the essence. I was a high-level gymnast. I went to private school, all -hmm. the things. So when I became a homemaker, I'm like, I'm not doing any of it. Like, we're just going to enjoy the days and go with the flow. But what happened was without order, my anxiety was like high. And it took years for me to really even understand why I was so anxious, not on a daily basis necessarily, but I felt less productive overall. Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling like we had any order. There was so much, but also when people would come over, like we would invite people over for Thanksgiving or whatever, I would I wouldn't plan ahead. Like maybe like a day or two, I would be like, okay, I need to go to the store. I need to buy these things. But then I was a frantic woman running Mm -hmm. around the house. Nobody breathe. Don't touch your Legos. Nobody do anything. Like I'm baking the pies. I'm doing all this stuff. And, and now I'm like, no wonder I was a lunatic because Mm -hmm. I was flying by the seat of my pants every day with no plan in order. And it was not conducive with, healthy homemaking at all so I'm learning how to redevelop some of those skills from the past that were productive like timeliness and planning ahead we have company coming this weekend and I'm already planning like what day I'm going shopping what day I'm going to do general tidying what days I'm going to do deep cleaning on certain rooms because 
now I enjoy having company over because I'm not lunatic running around the day before <laughs> telling my family, that. nobody breathe. And then, right, and then they right. come in the home. I'm like, hi, welcome. We live like this every day. Which is right, not right. like that. But I love how you're talking about using useful skills that we have acquired, whether it's time management or planning ahead or forecasting or whatever. We all have a history that we mm-hmm. can pull from to use those skills within our homemaking and homesteading as well. Absolutely. Yes. Organizing just keeps your life simple because Mm -hmm. you can find things you can, you know, you're just more at peace and at joy. And so it's, it's finding that balance and knowing when to chuck it all and just have a free for all day. And it's just really stepping into who you are, not worrying about, you know, what's going on outside in the other families around you, but with your family, what do we need today? I mean, if, if you're planning some big, huge activity and you have a kid melting down, you know, maybe we chuck all that and we do something else. And so it's really just truly, you know, identifying what's good for your family at that moment. I love that. I'm, I mentioned earlier the Titus 2 woman, which I can't, I'll have to, I can't say it off the top. Do you know it off the top of your head? I don't off the top okay. of my head. I'm trying to I think of it. I should memorize that because I'm always like, that's what the Homemakers Club is. Women imparting wisdom on the younger women. And, oh, and yes. I also believe that is also alongside women as well who are in the same seasons. I'm, you do that on your website. You offer an academy teaching skills that you've acquired through your homestead journey. You do it on your podcast. You have a new book coming out this fall. I'd love for you to tell us first about what we can find on your website, because Mm -hmm. I think women teaching women how to be successful within their homes and acquiring new skills that are tried and true, it's so incredibly important And there's a lot of women running to the home these days and wanting to be brave and try new things like being in the kitchen or or getting chickens. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what we can find on your website. And then I want to hear about the new book. Okay. Yeah. Well, on the website, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's faith, family, and farm. So really pretty much, you know, we our mission is to help other families build their faith, family, and farm. And farm meaning that could be an apartment, just the Mm. mentality and the lifestyle of it. So we have a blog where we have some recipes and um, different DIYs, a lot of, we're really big around here. Almost everything on this property has been from reclaimed lumber, something that was pulled out of a burn pile or something. And so, you know, our chicken coop was a kids playhouse and our greenhouse was busted up windows that we pulled out and and so there's there's a few DIYs on there and that type of thing if I had to say now I should be pushing my book and then the academy if I had to say one thing that I would love for people to get off the website and it's a free thing it would be our bible reading plan and I know this isn't a totally you know faith-based podcast but hmm. You know, talking about simplifying your life and getting your priorities straight. And I have a free Bible reading plan. You can, you know, read the Bible through in a year. It takes 15 minutes a day, five five days a week. So if you get off track, you have the weekend, you know, to get back on track. 
And a couple of years ago, I found the audio Bible, which makes it so much easier. Yeah. And so I just go out on a walk, you know, in the morning and I have my audio Bible and it's just like, huh, it's my, it's my total grounding. It's puts everything in perspective. And I just think if I could give one, <laughs> one skill, huh. it is, you know, learning the Bible because it just, it points to all of these homemaking things. First of all, mm-hmm. all of the homesteading concepts, all of the just the general common sense concepts are right there. You know, if you took the faith out of it, which is the best part, but if you took all that out of that, the common sense things that are going on in all the stories there are just amazing. So if I had to point anybody to one thing, and I'm glad you asked that, but the other things we have on there, we have the Backyard Farm Academy, and it's just some classes we focus in on. We have a full course on chickens. We're about halfway done with the gardens. So we're, you know, kind of growing your own food type of thing. And then we've started up bees as well. And so we have some classes and we have a membership there. It's $14 a month. And then we just add some trainings every month and, you know, we're just getting started, but it's, it's fun. It's cheap. It's it's all the things that I wish someone told me 20 years ago that, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that they didn't. And so everything in there, it's what we learned the hard way, making all the mistakes the first time. So, so that's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think what else there's a, a podcast page on there where you can listen to the podcast and then we have the book page as well. So uh, kind of just anything faith, family, and farm on it all kind of heads that direction. Perfect. Well, I'll include the link for the website and then I'll also find your Bible reading plan on there and include those yeah. that link as well so people can click through and see what your family's all about and what you're sharing with the world. But I I need to hear about this book. It comes out really soon. Like yeah. I said, we're in the season now. Fall is officially pumpkin spices here yeah, as of right. today. We're in the season. So yeah. tell us about your book and when it officially launches. Yeah, so it's on pre-order right now, but it officially comes out on October 4th. And so we're really super, super excited. It's called the Gracefield Homestead Lessons I've Learned on Faith, Family, and the Farm. And it's it just goes through about every chapter. There's 10 chapters. Every chapter is on kind of a different area in our life. You know, we have a chickens chapter and the goats, and we talk about the gardens. And But there's in each chapter, there's also you know, it's, it's educational, but it also is storytelling. There's a lot of heartwarming stories in there. There's a life lesson in every single chapter as well as a recipe. And so it's just kind of a, a mishmash of joy is what I call it. There's just, we're kind of all over the board, but it is, it's pure joy. There's lots and lots of pictures of goats in there. They're kind of, that's our kind of our theme and the goats on the cover and goats throughout and we just it's it's a good snapshot and a lot of stories of our early beginnings and you know it wasn't all so easy I mean this house you know was a lot of work and you know making those transitions people make it seem so easy and it's tough when you're used to life one way and you you know I will say when we were about a year into this property I was like what have we done Mm -hmm. you know it's what have we done we moved from a neighborhood we're at the house that was completely done now we're gutting every single room you know i'd quit my job (laughs) we don't have money you know what have we done but again you know you have those doubts you have a lot of doubts along the way but you just kind of come back to okay what's the plan 
it's hard, but we can do the, we can do hard things, you know, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so it's just a lot of stories and easy to get through and to relate to. And I'll tell you, there isn't a time I've read it through that I haven't teared up. I'm like, and I'm not a crier. I'm not like that emotional person. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so, it's so nice. And I would encourage you to do this too. As your kids get older, it's so nice to kind of put something like this together. When I was writing it, I kept thinking, I just want my kiddos to see this and go, yep, yep, that's how it was. And those are, those are the values I have and those are the lessons I got. It's really, you know, when you stay home and you are a homemaker and you make your home the, the place to be for everybody, the safe place, it's so important down the road that, you know, as your kids are leaving, that they had a good experience, you know, did this go for you as I thought it went for us, you know, and it's just, it's neat to be at that place. So, you know, I would encourage anyone, whether you publish it, whether you self-publish it or not, it really is a good reflection exercise to kind of go back and, and just recall all the goodness that you've had. And write the story of your own home, future and share the recipes that were on the table and loved the most that is so amazing and great encouragement and wisdom because one day we are going to look back my grandma's always telling me like you these are the days of your life like right now and had she wrote a book telling her story of heart right. and home, like, oh, it would be my favorite. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. I would so go every single letter mm-hmm. if my grandma had one. So I do. I, I would encourage anyone to do it, whether it goes past your family or not. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's an extra special. I feel very, very blessed to have this opportunity to write this. And so, you know, whether it goes anywhere or not, I feel like, okay, I get, I get copies for my kids and it'll you know, be beautiful. Okay. It sounds incredibly heart and homewarming. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing your heart and home with all of us. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on a copy of it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Miss Lana, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Yes. It's been such a joy to chat with you and thanks for having me thank on. This has been fun. So much. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We Are The Homemakers Gathered For Good. See y'all next week. 